Today's episode is brought to you by Yelp. Yelp's commitment to the restaurant industry expands beyond products and services. They're providing a platform for us to help each other thrive. Check out the Restaurant Marketing School podcast at restaurants.yelp.com forward slash marketing school or wherever you get your podcast. Now here we go. Even if how you treat them is not illegal, but it's an abusive type of issue or you embarrass them on their way out, it's going to spur litigation. Even though that's not illegal activity, the employee is going to feel like they were slighted and they want some retribution. Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the hospitality industry, featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators. Served up on the house. Are you ready to level up? The Pineapple Post is launched and I'd like for you to be a part of it. It's a newsletter for people like you, people who want to learn and improve. It's delivered every Sunday and packed with stories, videos, and audio content from the brightest minds in our industry. We're covering the latest news, innovations, and trends to inform and inspire the way you do business. When you're serious about your work and you're ready to take it to the next level, The Pineapple Post is here to help. Sign up at pineapplepost.news. I hope you'll check it out. You don't know what you don't know. For many of us, the laws have changed on an almost daily basis on a local, state, and federal level. Each change increases the odds of a slip-up that could cost us thousands of dollars. Today, we chat with attorney Anthony Zaller, who will run us through what we need to know to stay protected, what resources are at our disposal, and what steps we need to take to remain compliant. You'd be surprised. I think there's more operators, business owners in California like that out there. And I don't know if it's the cause, you know, I don't know if people intentionally want to bury their head in the sand and not deal with it, or if it's just they're busy with so many other aspects of their business that they don't take the time to learn and deal with some of these employment issues, especially here in California, which are so technical and hard to deal with. And so it's surprising. I think there's a lot of people out there. But with that said, my legal practice, we deal primarily with restaurant operators. About 75% of our clients are in the restaurant or hospitality industry. And you'd be surprised though, too, how sophisticated the operators are. And when I start talking legal issues with them, I'm very surprised on how well they can talk these issues too. So it's, I think, a tale of two worlds there. You've got the extremely sophisticated operators and the resources are out there too for people to learn the internet but your podcast staying up to date with issues like this it's not too hard but it needs to take some time and attention though from an operator just like a social media campaign your marketing your budgets you've got to pay attention to the employment law issues and be on top of them for your restaurant to be successful and if you ignore it you might get away with it for a year or two but especially in California high litigious states like California it's going to come back and bite you eventually and i see the pandemic and i think a lot of people have because you have to look at the silver lining i think a lot of people look at this as an opportunity to reset to reorganize and to set ourselves up for success in the future and if i was to do that from a legal perspective 
what would that look like? What can I do to shore up my organizational infrastructure to make sure that I'm not susceptible to lawsuits? Well, I think you make a great point. It's a great time to kind of reset and get new policies in place, new procedures in place and start clean. And to the extent you had some issues that you had to clean up, it doesn't raise all these questions. Why are we doing it now? It's like when you get everybody back in, you're reopening. Here's our new policies. Here's our new procedures. If you were worried about something, you redo it now. That would be great. And where to start on that? And it just comes back. And I think my theme today too is just going back to your first question, how many people are unaware of the unknown issues? It can be complex, but there's really like five to eight to maybe 10 issues. If you've got those dialed in, you're like 90% of the way there and you're going to be protected a lot better than most other operators. And it's not too hard to learn those issues and make sure you're compliant. And we actually have some audit checklists for like the employment and you just kind of run through how you onboard an employee through the life cycle of an employee. And that's how I'd go through the audit cycle to make sure that restaurants got everything buttoned up. When you're hiring the employees, are you documenting, asking for the proper documentation, doing the I-9s, the hiring process, legal, whoever's doing the interviewing, do they understand the legal questions that they can, can't ask? And now with COVID, some of these other related issues, but just walk through the whole employment process, hiring, onboarding to when they're working, wage and hour issues, discrimination, harassment. You have those policies buttoned up and those procedures in place to protect you on that. And then end of employment issues. When the employee leaves, they resign or they're terminated. Are we getting their wages out to them on time? Are we paying out all the vacation time if we have to pay it out? And you just kind of walk through that life cycle of an employee. And I think that's a great start to work right there is kind of the outline that I would review with the clients and setting that up. I wouldn't overthink it though. Just start and start, you know, if you can button up each of those areas or one area at a time, and keep working on it. I think you're going to be a lot better. And that's why I tell my clients is it's really tough, especially here in California, coming out of California to be hundred percent compliant is very tough. It's going to cost a lot of money, but you just don't want to be the low hanging fruit though. And if you've got 90% of your issues buttoned up, that's going to be your major liability. Focus on those issues first. And that's really where you're going to be cost effective in the long run. Well, and as an owner and as an operator, the word that keeps coming to mind again and again is rigor. Because when it's time to fire an employee, regardless, like maybe they showed up drunk, maybe they're just a bad cultural fit, maybe they're consistently late, there are a thousand different options. But there's this fear associated with letting them go because maybe we didn't write them up every time that we were supposed to. And maybe we didn't get the right onboarding paperwork. And maybe they said something to another employee and maybe that's going to be. And so there's all of this fear associated with determination, but a lot of that goes away, empowering you to do the right things for your business. If you've made the right choices along the way as an owner and operator and the checklist is great, but what are the tools and resources? How does one build out, we'll call it like the paperwork associated with the life cycle of an employee. Where does that stuff even come from? So yeah, multiple resources. But the internet though, a lot of this is free. You can learn and get off the internet. Now you do have to be cautious about it, but I'm a big proponent that if you are educated on it, that a lot of this stuff is relatively simple. 
and you could do a lot of legwork up front. And that's where a client, if they come to us and they've done a lot of legwork up front and they're coming to their lawyer or their HR professional, outsourced HR professional, presenting something to them saying, here's our best shot at it. Here's our policy. It's a lot easier for me to review. It's going to be a lot less expensive for me to review as opposed to them coming to me saying, hey, I need a new hire packet, a new employee pamphlet and tell me how to pay all my employees from scratch. Then I've got to get in interview, see what their operations are like and set it up. And it takes a lot of time, but just do your homework and come with that. And then just get somebody to bless what you've got and check it off. Like, yes, this is compliant. Nope. You need to do this here and modify it a bit. So the internet's great starting point, paying attention. There's so many resources available. My firm's running webinars the associations out there too, for example, the California Restaurant Association and all the state associations, and even other employer firms, Society of Human Resources, just great resources out there for relatively little money. You can get a lot of feedback and knowledge and resources through those groups and just start with that. But then I would consult with an HR professional or lawyer that's knowledgeable in your state or local area, just to get that final sign off to make sure you've got everything buttoned up. And it can get tricky. You've got federal law, state law, and now we're seeing it on the local level down to the county level and the city level. And so you've got all these levels that you have to comply with. And when they disagree, which one to follow and make sure you've got that buttoned up. So I'm a big proponent of getting somebody in your area that knows all of those laws in your area to just sign off and help you through that. Paperwork is great, but it's a people business. And so managers are going to have to implement and execute this. So it's one thing to have the paperwork in hand. But if we were to unpack the training of managers, because for them, it's not just paperwork, it's process. And then they're dealing with situation by situation. And that's where it gets tricky, right? Because a manager can submit the right paperwork to an employee and do it in the wrong way and open themselves and your business up to liability. How do you go about effectively training the managers that are executing these policies? I think you put your finger right on it. You need to train your managers. And oftentimes, their managers have grown up through the restaurant industry. In your restaurant, they started as a server or a cook, and then they got promoted and they don't have that formal training And you need to recognize that and bring them up to speed. This stuff is difficult and takes a lot of time to learn and have a training mechanism in there for them to understand this, some of these EQ issues and how to deal with people. My advice to operators too, I notice it. If the owners are not in the restaurant, it's tough. There's more litigation. If the owners are in the restaurant and they've got their thumb on the pulse and what's going on, they can usually get involved before it becomes litigation. Deal with problems early and often. And if you're dealing with the problems early like that, and you can usually get them resolved so it doesn't turn into litigation. And that's where operators going to save a huge amount of money. And to the extent you can't be there, your managers need to be your eyes and ears for you as an owner in dealing with those issues and getting them resolved before they become an issue. And so that's dealing with people just even coming down to how you treat people on the way out with respect, even if how you treat them is not illegal, but it's an abusive type of issue or you embarrass them on their way out, it's going to spur litigation. Even though that's not an illegal activity, the employee is going to feel like they were slighted and they want 
some retribution and they're going to start talking to lawyers and then the lawyers start asking about all these other issues and who knows what comes out of that and there's going to be litigation versus talking with an employee. And I think deep down, if you have that respectful conversation with the employees, they might not agree with the decision that they have to be let go. But if you explain the reason, the rationale, I think ultimately they understand it. As long as they were treated with respect, a lot of those issues in litigation can be avoided too. So I'm a big proponent of the managers just getting training and working with the managers. It might not be formal training. It's where the operator is actually there with the managers showing how they would deal with difficult situations. And as you know, these situations, you can't predict what's going to come up in the restaurant setting. There's going to be something different all the time. You've got to be nimble on how to deal with these. But that's where those managers really earn their pay, uh, knowing how to address these issues, knowing the people as well, understanding the employee that they're dealing with and what that employee ultimately is looking for and knowing their personality and knowing how to deal with situations like that. That's really where they're going to earn their pay. Let's continue down this road. So now I have perfect paperwork and I have perfect process, but the policies change on a local level, on a state level, on a federal level, not just every year, but sometimes every month. And how do you stay on top of it? How do you go about making sure, one, that you're informed, right? And two, that you're then able to update the policies and procedures in the handbooks. Does everyone need to sign off on this every single time? How do you make your employees aware in a way that is accountable and tracked? And how do you do this for every single thing? Yeah, it's hard, but I think that's where you need to rely on your professional. And a good HR professional internally is worth a lot, can save a lot of time and resources and money. And knowing when a new policy has to be pushed out to the employees, when there's a big change and it has to be pushed out. But generally speaking, though, like handbooks, what's great at the beginning of the year, you know what new laws came out and update the handbooks at least once a year. Um, here in California, you're probably about a yearly basis. You've got to do it. Some other states, you might be able to push it out a little longer. But it's good just to kind of dust that off and update that. And then training the managers on any changes as well, like we just spoke about. And then knowing about this, though, if you don't have an HR manager on staff and it's just you running it yourself, how to stay up to speed with the new laws, to be honest with you, it could be difficult. But like I said, just like learning social media and staying up with your social media campaigns and your marketing campaigns, you need to take some time during your day, allocate some time to read the news, the law firms in your area, probably they should. I recommend going with a firm that's putting on webinars or a newsletter, sign up for that employment newsletter. And like I said, it's amazing what's out there for free right now too on the internet with the law firms. My firm's putting on during COVID, we're doing two to three webinars a week on updates. So find the firm or a professional organization, HR group in your area that's putting that on and look at their content too. And yeah, I think it's a big indication as well that firm, it's tough. A lot of these law firms are litigators. They might not be keeping up to date on the current issues as well. And make sure that they're putting out content and keeping up to date with the issues as well. You're comfortable with it. And then just kind of keep an eye on the news and then other operators too. It's great to talk to them and see what they're doing and uh, compare notes. But again, if you're on the internet, treat everything with some healthy dose of suspicion 
And same with information you're getting from other operators. I have seen some policies handed around from other operators and everybody assumes just because somebody else is using it, it's going to be fine, but it doesn't necessarily mean it is. It could be, but just double check it. And it's good to have some second opinion on that. Let's dig into pitfalls. So your great nightmare as a restaurateur is that there's going to be a labor dispute that whether you're in the right or in the wrong, it absolutely cripples your restaurant. And we've seen this time and time again. But I was hoping we could run through some of the frequent pitfalls to avoid. Yep. I think the wage and hour issues for a restaurant are the primary issues that you need to be aware of. Minimum wage, off-the-clock claims, overtime claims, and then a lot of the states, especially here in California, we've got the meal and rest break requirements and very technical. And I won't get into all the technical issues on that. But those wage and hour issues, surprisingly, it sounds like it's not a lot of liability, but those little violations can add up. Statute of limitations over a three-year period or four-year period, it could add up to be quite a bit of money once you start adding on the derivative penalties and everything. So the wage and hour issues, especially here in California, we see that a lot. On a federal level too, with the Biden administration coming in, I think there's going to be a heightened focus on that. He's already calling for increased investigations and audits of employers from the Department of Labor, the EOC. So if you're not buttoned up on those issues, really good time to button up on those and have that dialed in. I have a question about that. So let's say that I decide to do like an in-house audit. I go through all of it and I realize that I hadn't paid anyone for this random rest break that I didn't even know existed. At that point, do you just make the change moving forward or do you recommend going back and paying out that to every past employee that you had? That's where it gets gray, right? Yeah, it depends. Obviously, what jurisdiction you're in and things like that. But I'm a big proponent. If you try to fix it and approach it and be upfront about it, I think your employees understand. And if it's an honest mistake, get it corrected. And again, early and often is my mantra. And get it corrected early and correct everything often. You're going to avoid penalties that you tried to cover it up or anything like that, that could come down. And I think that's where you start looking at those big penalties if you knew about it and then didn't do anything to correct it. And things happen. There's payroll glitches. We see it quite a bit with the, especially the software involved. Sometimes it's just some weird anomaly. But once you find out what happened, correct it as soon as possible. It usually is fine, but it's not going to create any long-term liability. But it's those issues that you're ignoring for three or four years like that, that really build up that liability. And it could be devastating to a company. And that's a huge liability. Even a single plaintiff lawsuit's got major liability, let alone a class action. So the typical lawyer <laughs> response, it depends, but just deal with it. And I think people understand generally too, if you're doing your best and trying to comply with the law and found a mistake and trying to rectify it, most people understand that. And I think you build some goodwill with your employees too. And for the most part, most employers, I think are like that too. They're trying to do the best. There's some technical aspects out there that they get caught on every now and then they didn't know about. But that's where I think that goodwill with your employees, showing them that you're trying to do the best you can and having that open door policy where the employees can come talk to the manager or you as an owner 
where you can get involved and see situations before they become a problem. And if there's an issue, you get involved, yeah, and fix it before it turns into litigation and then make sure everybody's corrected and paid correctly. And that's going to save you a lot of time and effort in the long run. It's a national audience, but are there tools out there and resources that are available to restaurateurs to ensure that we know what we need to know? Yeah. So on a national level, I don't know. There could be some of the organizations we were talking about, like National Restaurant Association. I don't know what they have on the legal front, but I'm sure there's some resources there. And then there are some great human resource organizations like SHRM that's out there and doing webinars that you can reach out and join or have an HR person join or somebody with some background on that that can start paying attention to that. But that's a good question, actually. What other resources on a national level? And I'll have to think about it. If there's anything else, I'll mention it. But those are the two that kind of come to mind right now for me. And I'll think about it and I'll let you know here later on in the interview if there's anything else. It's a great question now. Well, it is because everybody wants to hire on an HR professional. We all want publicists. We all want, it would be great to have a a huge infrastructure, but for so many independent restaurateurs, they're self-implementing everything. They're wearing every hat and this all becomes super overwhelming. We had said just prior to the interview beginning that if you're good in California, that doesn't guarantee you're good everywhere, but it's definitely a really, really good start. So I think it would also be great for people to check out the checklist that you provide on the website. And we'll be sure to link to that in the show notes as well. That way people have a starting point. Yep. And again, it's pretty general. California's got very specific laws on these different issues. But again, it's like the life cycle of when an employee comes into the restaurant and work life cycle is you start looking at each of those aspects, thinking it through, and that will generally cover most of your liability. And yeah, no, it's a great point. And kind of going back to my point though, too, and I think HR gets the short end of the stick sometimes. It looks like it's a cost and that's how it's treated. Not even just in restaurants. I see it in other industries, but especially when you're in a service industry or a hospitality industry, your employees are basically the product that you're selling to customers. And yes, you have the food, But that's one aspect of it. The employees and the interaction your employees have with your customer, I would argue, is probably 50% of the product that you're selling. And if you don't have your hand on that HR aspect and managing it as an owner or a manager, you're not paying attention to 50% of your product that you're selling to customers. And it's so important to pay attention to it. And I think if you approach it with that mindset, And then you've got happy employees, they're being taken care of on the HR front. It's going to come through with how happy they are, the service they're providing to your customers. They're really buying into your concept with the restaurant so that those customers are coming back. It's going to help you. It's going to help the employees in the long run. And I think if operators approach it in that aspect, that it's really not just a cost center, it is this revenue center, if you're paying attention to it and actually cultivating your employees and training them and dealing with these issues as they come up. And let's be honest, dealing with humans, there's a lot of problems that come up. And at the end of a busy week or a busy day, it's the last thing a lot of people when you want to deal with. But that's the business we're in, uh, in the hospitality industry. And you're going to be dealing with employees and customers. And I think you just need to approach it with that mindset 
And I think it's the difference between a successful operator and one that doesn't make it is when they focus on HR and have this dialed in. So to review the three big things people need to be auditing, it's paperwork, process, and governmental policy. Yeah. And those are like the evergreen areas. So you've got your paperwork policies and what policies you've got set up. And then the government issue, though, what we're dealing with COVID right now, it's ever-changing. And we'll see there's probably more stuff coming out on the federal level, too, from the Biden administration. But just paying attention to that and having an eye on that is critical at this point. It's an industry podcast. And at the end of every episode, I'd like to give a guest an opportunity to speak directly to the audience. Do you have any advice or words of encouragement you'd like to offer? As we're coming out of 2020 and into 2021, people haven't seen the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, Especially here in California, we reopened and then closed and now we reopened and there's a lot of uncertainty out there. But I see a lot of pressure on the governments to reopen and get going, especially with the restaurant industry. And I feel for the restaurant industry, I think, and I don't want to get too political, but it was a political football. I think the restaurant industry might have been picked on a little too much too with this whole process with COVID. But I think there's a huge pent up demand of people wanting to get back out into restaurants. And I think restaurants are a key portion of our key element on how we as an economy get back to somewhat normal too. Everybody I talk to is just waiting to get back to a restaurant and resume some normalcy in their life by being able to go out and with their family or meet friends. So I think there's a huge pent up demand and we're seeing here in California with just the reopening here. We've only been reopened for outdoor dining now for about a week and a half. And yeah, just driving into work today and at lunch, I'm seeing everybody outside eating. I don't think there's a whole lot of hesitancy from the consumers about getting back into the restaurants. And I just hope that pent up demand is there and everybody comes back to the restaurants in force. So I think that's great. And the technology too that we've learned, I think as you and I were talking about before the interview, there's some opportunities here with COVID, with the technology that's impacted my firm, how we practice law. Courts are going to virtual online hearings now. And I think with restaurants, there's some opportunities here on how technology is being used, delivery, pickup, and that's changing quite a bit. And it's opened my eyes too, just as a consumer about how I like to eat. And instead of just thinking, well, I have to go to a restaurant, we would skip it. We didn't feel like going to the restaurant, but now you can have it delivered or picked up really quickly on the way home. I just picked up lunch today, actually, before this podcast, and it's super easy. And that's been so streamlined. And I think the operators that are looking to those technologies and dealing with those, there's some silver linings here too going forward. That's Anthony Zeller. Check out our show notes for an exhaustive list of tools and resources that will help you protect your restaurant. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, check out our other content, or read our daily publication, go to fullcomp.media. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Kopel. You've been listening to Full Comp.